Hello, and congratulations on getting to part four of Who Do We Use This Time? GPO or Local Self-Contracting. This session discusses what providers should expect and what GPOs know they need to provide in order to improve CQO and advance healthcare as a whole. Joe, I um, wanted to reach out to you for kind of a wrap-up question. If you could speak directly to supply chain leaders watching at home, what should those providers be asking of their GPO partners? Yeah, probably um, a couple things. I think first, you got to look internally before you look to ask somebody else for support. Um, and I think as leaders and every person in the supply chain and sitting in a supply chain role, you have to almost suspend any type of belief you have around your title, any, any belief you have around your position in the organization. Every person that's in supply chain is in a position of influence and has a responsibility to actually move the needle for their organizations. That's a really wildly important concept. Um, supply chain matters. Supply chains at the intersection of CQO, certainly not just price. Right? Price is just the starting point of the value that can be added. CQO opens up an entirely um, new value equation for supply chain to really influence um, at the organizational level. And it's one of the things that can be used to really get supply chain the seat in the boardroom that it absolutely deserves. Um, so I think that's the first and foremost thing is make sure you ask yourself, um, what does it mean to be a leader? What does it mean to show up and help influence the narrative? And then expect more, you know, expect more of your GPO partner. Because again, I think what we're, what we're trying to do is it's chicken and egg. Um, why would your partner turn into something else unless you are willing to reward it, unless you are, you are willing to actually ask um, that partner for a different set of behaviors? We can't expect the GPOs to evolve into something wholly different unless we as the customers first change our expectations of what success looks like. I think that's where it all, that's where it all starts. And then start rewarding that behavior. And that begins with leading with trust, transparency, and collaboration. Collaboration is the theme of this conference. Um, that, those are very independent and interrelated words. Trust, transparency, and collaboration, one builds on the other. And we've got to, as the providers, um, give before we're expecting to receive. And that applies to our relationships with suppliers. It applies to our relationships with companies like our GPOs or the supply chain solution providers that are emerging very quickly in the marketplace or even other IDNs that are our peers at the table, sometimes in these collaboratives. We have to be willing to give before we expect to receive. It's part of building that trust. And, um, and I have every bit of confidence that the solution providers and our peers and our suppliers will reciprocate if we're willing to move first. It's when we sit in a standoff and say to any one of those parties, because of something that happened 10 years ago, you have to now dig yourself out of a hole. I wasn't even here, by the way. You have to dig yourself out of this reputational hole you have with me to get back to some you know, theoretical baseline of trust, and then we'll start building from there. Um, if we put peers, IDN peers, suppliers, and GPOs into that hole, all we're doing is setting ourselves up for failure or at a minimum delay and waiting for that value to actually come from those partners. So um, I think that's what's really interesting. And the only thing I would say beyond what we've already talked about today is as we look at the entire landscape, to be open-minded to all the ideas that are out there. There's a lot of different um, solution providers that are the ones we know that are becoming different solution providers. Um, there are solution providers um, that are IDN-based that are forming together with other IDNs to form different coalitions that don't look the same, don't operate the same. Even this panel, right, with three um, systems, three hospital organizations on here, three different perspectives. So no 
no two customers are the same, which means we should make the assumption that any one of the service providers um, are the same, that there's very different, wildly different perspectives and solutions that those solution providers might have and be open-minded to what's emerging in the marketplace. And imagine the potential when we have companies like IBM, Amazon, Walmart, Walgreens, CBS, and the list could keep going on and on. All these kind of other organizations outside of healthcare, traditionally outside of healthcare, starting to find their partners inside of healthcare and coming in. We've got to keep our eyes open and keep our minds open to what the possibilities are. So if I could quickly piggyback on that, love what he said. So take that, and I also think with the collaboration of transformation, we're doing a lot of things today that are giving us 5, 10, 15, 20% savings. But why don't we begin to the utilization in the transformation? And there are things now that are beginning to look, working together, get us 50% reductions. Yeah, right. And you know, we have a project with orthopedics. We have a project with reprocessing. I'd love to find 10 things that we could work on together that would reduce our cost by 50%. Because if you turn and look at the other side, our reimbursement <laughs> continues to dramatically drop. And right now, as much as we're doing, our reimbursement declines <laughs> is still outpacing our cost uh, reductions. And so if we could go more after those bigger transformations with collaborations, I absolutely believe by collaborating with vendors, we'll be able to reduce more costs. Because if we help them win also and reduce their costs together, we can do a lot more. So we just wanted to end with that. Jay, what would you tell your members to ask of you? Um, certainly, we, we have a responsibility in the GPO community to make sure that we understand the needs and the desires of our membership. We don't have all the answers. If we did, we wouldn't, you know, in the industry, we wouldn't see a lot of the very creative, very innovative uh, models that are popping up all over the place. And in my mind, it's a great time to be in healthcare. There's a lot of creativity, there's a lot of opportunity, there's a lot of, of ideas being generated that ultimately are going to add value to hospital systems and, and, and add value to, uh, ultimately through CQO, the, the patient. The membership needs to continually voice their needs, wants, desires to the GPO, but at the same time, the GPOs need to be able to evolve. Uh, to meet those needs, because if the GPO if the GPOs don't understand what those needs are, to to uh, to Joe's point, why would we feel like we need to change? Um, at the same time, if if a member is is voicing their concerns and voicing their needs, and those needs are going unmet, I'm sure in the short term there's going to be plenty of models in the industry that will fulfill those needs, and and I would say at that point. The, the health systems and the hospitals need to make sure that they are voting with their wallets and aligning with the models, and the, whether that's a national GPO, whether that's a regional purchasing coalition, whether that's some combination of both, which you know, I think happens, um, or it could be something even at a more local level through some form of, of integration or a model that may not even exist today. There's going to be value out there. Um, and it, it's a matter of, of saying if, if your current GPO isn't meeting your needs and they're not listening to your needs and you, don't, you just don't have a, a sense that they're going to, to, to be there for you, then you've got to have the fortitude to move. 
And I think there's issues in our industry today where, where folks aren't willing to move uh, for one reason or another. They, they'd much rather you know, sit back and, and, and talk about the issues that they're having when nothing's changing. And you know, I, I would say work with your GPO. If they're not meet, meeting your needs, find, find a model that meets your needs. Um, there's plenty out there. And, and I think you know, it's, it's a good time to be in the industry. I'd like to say thank you. Thank you to each of our panelists who have given their time to us today to share their perspective and who have each dedicated themselves to excellence in our field. Thank you for reminding us that commitment and alignment of common goals are essential to coming together to solve not just the problems we have in our facilities, but in our industry as a whole. We must understand that there are many models and techniques in the tool bag, and through collaborators both regionally and nationally, we can learn which models work best and who we need to partner with. Even with all the changes in the GPO landscape, one thing remains constant. We must continue to focus on the patient first and understand that we have partners who are ready, willing, and able to help us navigate and truly manage the intersection of cost, quality, and outcomes. Thank you very much for your time. We hope you've learned or reaffirmed your knowledge of local and GPO contracting. For a bonus Q&A session with ARM's 16 attendees, click on Part 5 of the podcast that can be found at learning.arm.org backslash podcasts. Thanks for listening.